0: guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for November 21st, 2022. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on this Monday night, wherever you guys may be, man. I know, we got a great show lined up for you guys, man. We got a great show lined up for you guys. I appreciate you all. Monday night, tonight was all about the build for war games, or the lack thereof for war games, and I know that war games doesn't really need build, I mean, we've seen the build, honestly, if you guys want my honest and truthful opinion, we've been seeing the war games build for many, many, many weeks, this was before Crown Jewel. We've been seeing this before Crown Jewel. We knew who was going to be in the war games. We knew the bloodline was going to be competing in the war games. We've seen the brutes in the bloodline mix it up well before Crown Jewel. We've seen Bianca Belair and team battling Bailey damage control. The other pieces to the puzzle were then later added. But these feuds have been going on well before Crown Jewel. And I know there's not much else to do. I get it. How much could you realistically do? But the problem with Monday Night Raw, in my honest opinion, is that, and this is not having anything to do with the show being three hours long. We, we know three hours is just way too long. Just like Tony Khan with his AEW pay-per-views. Five hours is way too long. You got some geeks agreeing with it. Why are you complaining about five five hours of wrestling, man? Nobody wants to watch five hours of anything. Don't give a fuck who you are. The problem with Monday Night Raw is, yes, the time is long, the show is long, but we can't change that, and we're not going to be able to change that. The problem with Monday Night Raw is it's too safe. Monday Night Raw is too safe. There's no intensity on Monday Night Raw. There's no sense of urgency on Monday Night Raw. Everything is just very safe. And what I mean by that is there's no new risks. There's no, there's just no intensity. There's nothing on this show being done that is drastically different compared to what Vince McMahon was doing on Monday Night. Now, SmackDown, SmackDown is two hours, so it's an easier watch. It's easier to digest SmackDown. But SmackDown has changed more so than Monday Night Raw. And I get that SmackDown right now, is there a show, Fox, is there bread and butter? But that doesn't mean you need to start neglecting Monday Night. I feel like Monday Night is just... Going around and around and around in circles. While SmackDown is offering fresh matches, new ideas. We got the SmackDown World Cup. We got fresh match. I don't remember the last time I saw a rematch on Friday night SmackDown. We got roster being bolstered on Friday night. Monday Night Raw largely feels the same. There's nothing new there. Nothing new is happening on Monday night. And that's the problem. And I don't know if that's going to change after Survivor Series. I don't know what's going to happen going into the new year. But Monday Night Raw is just the same old shit. You can't do one show and do it better. And SmackDown has been great. Don't get me wrong. They've had their duds. But SmackDown largely has been the best wrestling show out of all three in your wrestling weeks. And why is that? Fresh matches, new, new talent. New ideas, new concepts. They got a better commentary team than they do on Monday. Smackdown is just the better show in all aspects, in all areas. Monday Night Raw, I don't know what the fuck they're doing on this show, but Jesus fucking Christ, man, it is. I don't want to say it's a bad show. Because I can't sit here and truthfully tell you it's a bad show. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a bad show after we got what we got when Vince McMahon was in charge. But it's not good. It's boring. There's no risk taking on Monday night. Monday night Raw. Where's the Raw on Monday night? I don't see it. I don't feel it. And I don't know if we're ever going to see it. WWE, no matter who's in charge, still seems to be stuck in their ways in certain things with certain shows. Their pay-per-views are largely very good. SmackDown has been very good. Why is Monday night suffering? That's what I feel. That's the vibe I get when I watch Monday night. Something needs to change. Something. The commentary team does not fucking add anything to this show. They, Corey Graves, excluding him, he's fucking great. You may like Kevin Patrick. I don't like Kevin Patrick. The guy fucking sucks. The guy adds nothing to the show. When I want to be, when I I want to watch this show and I want to feel excited about something, Kevin Patrick absolutely does nothing. He does the opposite. Whatever WWE needs to do, he does it in reverse. This guy is absolutely dragging the show down. We got rid of Mike Adam Lee in what, two months? I think we are well past expiration on Kevin Patrick. Get him out! He adds no value to the show. You took him out of a position that he was very good in to put him in a position that he fucking sucks at. I'm not giving him any credit. I'm not cutting him any slack. We're now going on what, two months? No, thank you. No, thank you. He should have already gotten the memo. You can put anybody else in there, and I guarantee you they do a better job than Kevin Patrick. Jimmy Smith was not good, but Jimmy Smith was actually better than what we're getting with Kevin Patrick. The Monday night problem begins on the commentary team. Guy sucks. Get him out of there. I don't know how anybody is listening to this show in Gorilla and thinks that this commentary team is doing an adequate job to sell your product Corey Graves is doing the job of two men. I can't do it anymore. I can't. That needs to be cha- That should be priority number one. Get him out of there. I don't know what Moro Ronaldo is doing these days, but Jesus, fucking Christ. Put Michael Cole back on Mondays and give Moro Friday night. Open up the fucking checkbook. Give him a blank check. Bring him on in. Don't even have him do anything else. Just bring him in. Michael Cole and Corey Graves can do the fucking pay-per-views if you want. Get Kevin Patrick out of there. Seriously. It makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder why they ever got rid of Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips wasn't bad. Tom Phillips is actually very good or whatever the fuck. He's a Tom Hannafin or whatever the fuck his name is now. On Impact. He's doing a great job for Impact on a shit product. At least he brings excitement to the fucking broadcast. Kevin Patrick does not. This entire show was built around war games. We got the men's in the beginning of the show and the women closed the show. We're going to start off with who the fifth woman is going to be. And it was reported today... That's the fifth woman for war games is not Sasha Banks. It is not Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch is slated to make her return to WWE imminently. Fightful is reporting that Becky Lynch suffered a separated shoulder at SummerSlam. And she will be named as the fifth woman in war games. WWE was happy that Lynch didn't have to undergo surgery for the separated shoulder, although she couldn't resume training until October. The report added that Lynch was discussed and planned as the fifth member in the Women's Survivor Series War Games match. Until Lynch is introduced in this spot, creative plans can change. Several members of the WWE regime under Triple H are excited to work with Becky Lynch without her being under the creative of Vince McMahon's Horrible booking. Triple H decided to turn her back into a babyface before riding her off television as he didn't think her being booked as a heel was working. The War Games match is Bianca Belair, Asuka, Bliss, Mia Yim, and one spot that Becky Lynch reportedly will fill against Bayley, Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Now, my question is, is this a red herring? Is this something that they put out there because Sasha Banks is too obvious of a choice? WWE, first of all, WWE needs to announce whoever this is before Saturday. I don't give a fuck. Who it is. If it's Becky Lynch, if it's Tamina Snuka, if it's somebody, I don't give a fuck who it is. If it's the fucking fat slob who's bagging your groceries over at fucking Stop and Shop, I don't give a fuck who it is. Whoever this woman is needs to be announced before Saturday. Because if you go into Boston and you do not announce anybody, And it's not Sasha Banks that comes out on Saturday night as the fifth woman. Whoever's in that spot is going to absolutely get slaughtered. There will be no coming back from that. That's number one. Number two, Becky Lynch is a Monday Night Raw superstar. I don't know why she wasn't announced on this Monday Night Raw where the women were in the main event with Asuka and Rhea Ripley to determine who gets the advantage in war games, why wasn't she announced on this show, on a show that largely had no excitement whatsoever, that could have used a huge shot in the arm with Becky Lynch coming back and being announced? Why are they waiting to announce Becky Lynch, who's a Raw superstar, on Friday Night SmackDown? See, this is what I don't understand about this. Why are we waiting till Friday? Don't we have enough going on Friday to keep us interested? You got to add that, which could have easily been put on this show that had basically nothing going for it. Now we got to do that on Friday. This is why I thought maybe it's not Becky Lynch. They want you to think it's Becky Lynch, and then we end up getting Sasha on Friday. I don't know. Everybody's making a big deal about this graphic that they've seen, this anonymous figure in the hood, right? It's got blue hair. WWE may have did that to throw you off. They showed you that, the report is Becky Lynch, and then it ends up being Sasha anyway. Sasha's brand was SmackDown before she walked out. So why would Becky Lynch be announced on Friday night when she's Monday night? Or maybe it's Charlotte Flair and we're all fucking just dumb. Dumb marks. I hope to God not. Why would Charlotte Flair team with Bianca Belair, man? You want to see Charlotte Flair acting like a babyface? face? I, I know I don't. It's either Becky or Sasha. But not announcing Becky tonight didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And if they don't announce anybody on Friday, good luck to whoever comes out not named Sasha Banks on Saturday. You will get absolutely slaughtered in Boston. Alexa Bliss, this woman is going heel. No doubt about it. She feels stale. She feels useless. She hasn't really done anything for this team whatsoever. I just feel that Alexa Bliss is going to end up saying, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm going rogue. I'm going heel. This would be the perfect opportunity to get her away from all these other women And have her just be the Alexa Bliss of old, really. That's what we need. Whatever she's doing right now is absolutely unimportant. She feels like a non-entity on this show. She feels dead. She feels ice cold. War Games would be the perfect opportunity to just all of a sudden, you know what, go into business for yourself. Imagine Bliss pulling a Dakota Kai, if you guys remember that fabled War Games match with the women in NXT where Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox right before she was supposed to go out and join the War Games match. I could see Alexa Bliss doing something like that. I could absolutely see Triple H doing something similar like that with Bliss on Saturday night. Which would then make sense for somebody else to join the team. Maybe we get Becky and Sasha on Saturday. Now, that would be a fucking team, right? Bianca, Sasha, Becky. That's fucking crazy, man. Asuka. That's one hell of a fucking team. But outside that, this show had absolutely nothing. And I wonder why they didn't announce Becky Lynch tonight, why they're waiting for Friday. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Monday Night Raw, largely, largely indifferent to the show. They are missing something, and I don't know what it is. Intensity, lack of focus, they're not taking any risks. Where is the Raw in Monday Night Raw? I'm not feeling it. And Kevin Patrick, the guy just makes the show, everything I say about the show that is negative, Kevin Patrick makes it that much worse. He sucks. And he needs to get the fuck off of commentary. And we need to get somebody in there that knows how to elicit excitement from the viewing audience at home. Guys, we are going to go over everything you need on tonight's show. We're going to break all this shit down. I want to thank you guys so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That is Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. I see a major, major, major problem, and I don't know how to rectify it. I only see 413 likes, and we got 2,000 in the venue. What are we doing? What exactly are we doing here, folks? I need 1,000 likes minimum. It's like pulling fucking teeth with you guys, man. Hit the thumbs up. It takes you literally a nanosecond to hit the thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our Carl Beverages at the end of the show. I got mine already on ice memberships they're always open man vip section is wanting new members so get those memberships in. hit that join button become a channel member become a vip right here on ots go check out all the other videos this past weekend man we got full gear on saturday ots 453 was live last night go and check that out we'll be here all this week And make sure you guys go check out my sponsor for today's show, Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. You're going to download the free web browser using our link. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. And you're going to get the opportunity to save some money while shopping for those great Black Friday deals. Gotta love it, man. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts want to thank them for always being a great sponsor right here on the podcast. We got Chris Douglas Music becoming a new member. Thank you, brother. Look at that. We got a new member walking in right into the VIP club, man. That is fucking awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Let's get into Monday night. Get my notes out here. Monday Night Raw. Albany, New York. Kevin Owens made his way to the ring, and we got ko to start Monday night. KO was announced as the fifth man for the Brawling Brutes on Friday Night SmackDown for War Games. Kevin Owens made his way to the ring. He joined the War Games match as the fifth man, and he said he did it because Of one person on the other team, and it's not Sami Zayn. He says he still considers Sami a brother no matter what. No matter what he's doing and what he's got going on right now, that's his own business. They don't want you to immediately think that Sami is the issue with Kevin Owens, and I'm sure those issues will arise on Saturday night. He said Roman Reigns is his target. He says it's been two years since they faced off in the ring. He said on Saturday, he'll remind him who he is. He said he took him to the limit three different times, and he should have been the one to end his monumental reign before it even got started. He says he's going to take out his entire bloodline, so next time he gets a shot at him for the world title, nothing stops him from being the guy who kicks his ass and takes his titles. He said he was invited to SmackDown by his teammates and he did not come alone tonight. We got the Brawling Brutes music hitting. They're walking down the aisle in the crowd. Drew McIntyre's music hits. He's right behind the Brutes. They're walking down the aisle in the crowd. They get into the ring. Butch and Holland both said, Monday night, it's fight night. Sheamus says, there's a banger cooking in the stove. And uh, listen, Sheamus is not wrong, man. Saturday night, it will be a banger. The Brutes in the Bloodline. Sheamus talked up recruiting Owens. Drew says he can't remember a time that Reigns and the Usos weren't holding the titles hostage and abusing their power with the numbers game. He said, all of that changes on Saturday night in war games. All of a sudden, we get Judgment Day Judgment Day unexpectedly walk out. Rhea Ripley said everyone will be talking about how many people she destroys in the women's war games match. She said Raw is the show that Judgment Day runs. Damian Priest said it's not play night. He said on Raw, you rise and show respect for them. Dominic Mysterio said before someone gets hurt, they should go back to SmackDown. Also, when you go back there, tell. His deadbeat dad, Rey Mysterio, I said hello. Finn Balor then mentions AJ Styles. He's coming to collect. He's the tax man, and he's coming to collect. He said he hopes the bloodline smash the brawling brutes at Survivor Series. He said next time they show their ugly faces on Monday night, the judgment day will not be so nice. Sheamus says, listen, fella, Finn Balor, our houses might only be 10 miles away back in Ireland, but they might as well be a million miles apart. He says he doesn't respect him. He called him a plastic patty. Balor asked, what the hell does that even mean, a plastic plastic patty? They went back and forth. Sheamus says, since they're all there and obviously they got war games to build, why not get some practice in against the Judgment Day? They should all fight tonight on Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest took the microphone and accepted on behalf of the Judgment Day. They all head to the ring, and we get a big six-man tag with the Brawling Brutes and Judgment Day to kickstart Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens was on Monday Night. I like the fact that KO was on Monday Night. This is his show. And I also like the fact that Kevin Owens focused in on Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn is too easy. Sami Zayn is too easy for Kevin Owens to focus in on, you're going to save that for when they inevitably come face-to-face in the War Games match because you know it's going to be. They're going to keep them apart. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are probably going to be, you know, kept apart. Kevin Owens will probably get in there in the beginning, and Sami Zayn will be the coward who gets in there last, and then eventually they'll have a face-to-face. But it's too easy if KO just singles out Sami Zayn. Roman Reigns is the guy that he singled out. And I like the throwback. I like the callback to Kevin Owens saying, I took you to the limit three different times. Three different times. And I could have beaten you. I should have beaten you for the world championship if it wasn't for your bloodline and it wasn't for Paul Heyman. And I'm coming because you owe me one. He's been saying it for months. Kevin Owens told Roman months ago, you owe me one. He even told the Usos, go tell your boss, you owe me one. So the focus is on Roman Reigns. I mentioned on Friday, we may get a Sheamus-Roman Reigns match at the Royal Rumble. We may end up getting a Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match at the Royal Rumble. And it may actually lead to what I think will be the tag team title match at WrestleMania between the Usos Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens so Roman Reigns has no shortage of opponents I don't want to hear the discussion of Roman Reigns having no opponents there is no problem finding an opponent for Roman Reigns none Kevin Owens and Sheamus are more than enough for Roman Reigns to get through Wrestlemania season I enjoyed this I thought this was a great opening segment it did what it needed to do it was very simple it was very effective The Brawling Brutes were out there. Kevin Owens was out there. Drew McIntyre was out there. They all sold war games. Then you got the Judgment Day coming to show up and interject. They built a little bit and mentioned Balor and AJ Styles and what they got going on. And then we get an impromptu tag team match with Team SmackDown here in the Brawling Brutes against Team Raw. So we got a little Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown six-man tag. I didn't mind it at all. And it's always good to hear Kevin Owens on the microphone. It's always good to see Kevin Owens just in general, no matter what. So I thought this was a very effective opening segment. Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch against the Judgment Day. This was the open to Monday Night Raw. This went nearly 15 minutes. Judgment Day controlled most of this match through a commercial break. Dominic, once again, got a lot of heat when he was on offense. The crowd cheered when he was forced to face off with Sheamus, which everybody wanted to see Sheamus beat the shit out of Dominic Mysterio. Dom tried to escape, but he was cut off by the OC. AJ Styles shows face right in the middle of this thing. Dominic was trying to run away. AJ Styles says, no way, Jose. Sheamus sent Dominic back to the ring. Priest saved Dominic from a beating. Everyone traded moves until Dominic put Misti- uh, Dominic put Sheamus in a schoolboy for a two-count. Sheamus followed with some offense, a knee strike. He did 20 beats to the chest on Dominic. Not 10, 20. Crowd loved it. And a big bro kick. That ended it. One, two, three. Dominic got his ass kicked by Sheamus. Sheamus pins Dominic. The brawling brutes get some momentum going into war games. Some light work, some light practice against Judgment Day. All thanks to AJ Styles and the influence of the OC. After the match was over, Judgment Day attacked. Sheamus fought off Priest before Luke Gallows knocked Priest down with a big kick to the head. Owens laid out Ballet with a stunner. And all of the baby faces are looking strong going into Survivor Series. A very effective opening segment. Very effective opening segment. It did what it needed to do. It was very straightforward. No more, no less. Kathy Kelly. She interviewed Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano was interviewed about challenging the Miz to a rematch tonight. He said all he wants out of this whole thing with Dexter is to help out an old friend and get him what he deserves. He says they have a mutual understanding not to get involved in each other's matches. No bells, no whistles, just Johnny wrestling against whatever phony character the Miz wants to be tonight.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all.
0: Gargano made his ring entrance. And I did not like this. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me that I'm complaining about virtually something so unimportant, it's not worth my breath. But I don't like the fact that things change at the drop of a dime when they don't need to change. WWE changed Johnny Gargano's theme song. Rebel Heart was Johnny Gargano's theme song. They came out tonight, or Johnny Gargano came out tonight, rather, and WWE sent him out there with a remixed version of Rebel Heart with a male vocal now over the song instead of the female vocal over the song. I'm assuming this was done by Def Rebel, who I think does awful work. None of their songs sound unidentifiable. They all sound unidentifiable. These songs have no identity whatsoever. They're not like CFO Money. They're not. They send Johnny Gargano out there with a remix version of Rebel Heart, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, if it's not broken, why do you feel the need to fix it? You already own the rights, I'm assuming, because you had him come out to it for the last couple of months. I'm sure you already own the right to Rebel Heart. So why are you now remixing the song and making it sound less impactful and, and worse? Some things you just can't replace. This new song has no oomph. You can't duplicate what was a great theme song by remixing it because you want to on any given day. That's what hurts somebody like Johnny Gargano. That theme song is immediately identifiable. That theme song is immediately, to the crowd, Johnny Gargano. Why are we changing it? I don't really understand the change of somebody's theme song when it's not necessary. Trademarks and copyright and all these other fucking excuses. WWE does what they want to do. They're still using CFO Money theme music. Asuka still has her theme. Bianca Belair still has her theme. They even remixed Matt Riddle's theme song. They don't sound the same. They took CFO's theme music for Matt Riddle and remixed it. This has been a long thing. Now, this has been going on for several weeks now. I'm mentioning it now because it fucking sucks. There are still, Shinsuke Nakamura still has his fucking theme. What are you going to do when Bobby Roode comes back? You're going to not send him back with Glorious? Which is a CFO theme? You can't remix something like that and make it sound like the original. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I don't get it. WWE's got all this fucking money. Pay for the licensed right of the song. I can't begin to tell you how important a fucking theme song is for a professional wrestler. It's the fucking reason why Cody Rhodes, Cody owns the fucking theme the reason why Cody didn't have his fucking theme change, WWE, if they had their fucking way, would have rewritten a new fucking song for Cody Rhodes, but it wouldn't have been as impactful. What if MJF ends up in WWE at some point? If MJF is in WWE, can you see him in the WWE without his current theme now? No. No. I don't get it. It's unbelievable. Johnny Gargano comes out, and the Miz walked out, and he had his right hand wrapped in tape. He's injured. He said he injured himself training in a TikTok video where he sliced right through a cactus. He said the cactus did not survive, but he, he will survive. He said he will defeat Dexter Loomis next week, and he said the noble thing to do is find a worthy replacement to fill in for him against Johnny Gargano. Who do you think they fill in for The Miz? Who do you think? The one match that nobody, nobody on this fucking planet who watched this show asked for. The one man who I think would be the most awful matchup, not only for Johnny Gargano, but anybody similar. To a Johnny Gargano. The Miz chose the mighty Nigerian giant (laughs) You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Who? Who asked for this? Did somebody give Bruce Pritchard the pen and the pad for Monday Night Raw tonight? Is what I wanna know. Who asked for this? But I wasted my fucking time! This match went three minutes. Johnny Gargano is one of my favorite wrestlers in all of WWE, all of the world. And they made Johnny Gargano look like a fucking geek out there. Throwing punches that had no effect on him, trying to run back and forth and throw his body at him. This guy got thrown around like a fucking rag doll out there. I don't get it. Like I said in the beginning, man, Monday Night Raw, I don't know what the fuck they're doing on this show, but shit like this makes the show that much worse. Why is Omos still being booked on the show? Why? You think a win over Johnny Gargano is going to erase a loss to Braun Strowman? Get this guy off of fucking television. Johnny Gargano's throwing offense in there. Nothing's working. He super kicked him three times. Gargano climbed the top rope. Omos grabbed him. Looked like Johnny almost slipped off the top rope. Omos grabbed him by the throat. Landed his choke slam. And that was it. That was it. This shit sucks. I'm sorry. I have to give Triple H a huge fat fucking L for this match. How you let this shit onto the fucking script, is beyond me. I would have shit all over this if this was Vince McMahon. I will not give this a pass because Triple H is in charge. This shit fucking sucks. And get it the fuck off the show. I understand you got three hours to book, but Omas is not the fucking guy, especially against Johnny Gargano. I can't wait for Johnny Gargano to get the fuck out. This storyline needs to end. This Miz, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, and now Omos is involved. Get it the fuck finished. I cannot wait for Johnny Gargano to be in something a little bit more serious. This Miz shit went from, okay, this is semi-interesting with Dexter Loomis, This shit has progressively gone downhill. This is basically watching an airplane fucking in midair take a nosedive, and it's just continuing its free fall. This shit needs to wrap up and wrap up fucking quickly. Awful, awful, awful television. There's no excuses for something this bad. No fucking excuses. None. Why Omar still has a job is beyond me. The guy fucking sucks. The guy has exhausted all of his resources. There's nothing for him to do. I don't give a fuck how tall he is. He could be as tall as the fucking Freedom Tower. I don't give a fuck. Get him the fuck off television. He will never be a world champion. He will never be interesting. He will never learn how to wrestle a proper match. He will always be fucking terrible. He is boring. Get him the fuck off of television. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is backstage getting mic'd up. He's about to have a sit-down promo segment. Before that, we've seen a promotional video airing on Austin Theory with Theory kind of speaking over this video, sound bites of theory. He says he's done being a future this or a future that. He's done being a protege or the next big thing. He said his time is now. His time is now. You know, the more I see Austin Theory talk about all this, especially my time is now, that was the line that got me. I don't know what you guys are thinking. My time is now. Who who else said that in WWE? My time is now, right? It's in the fucking theme song. Sounds like they may be building John Cena versus Austin Theory for WrestleMania. That's what they seem to be building towards. I'm telling you this right now. You can clip it. You can clip it. You could save it. I want you guys to store it for a rainy day. I'm telling you this right now. Get your fucking pads out. Get your paper Get your writing utensils, your iPads, your phones, whatever, man. Get your screen shares. Get your records on your phones. I'm telling you this right now. I could be wrong. I'm making a prediction right now before anybody else because it's not too early to be talking about the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory will eclipse 60 minutes in the Royal Rumble, and Austin Theory will be a part of the final four in the Royal Rumble. Mark my words. Mark my words. Austin Theory will be final four in the Royal Rumble. That is the perfect ground for Austin Theory to shed everything. Austin Theory needs to pull a Brian Danielson in the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory needs to pull a Rey Mysterio in the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory needs to pull a Bob Backlund in the Royal Rumble. I want to see him go near 60 minutes. He needs to be in the, I How many people in WWE history have eclipsed 60 minutes in the Royal Rumble? There is a handful of guys in 36 fucking years of that Royal Rumble. Austin Theory needs to be a part of that elite group. Now, he won't win the Royal Rumble. I'm not asking for him to win the Royal Rumble. I don't think he would win the Royal Rumble, and it would be a smart decision. No, it's not going to be. But Austin Theory needs to win the... Or not win. He needs to be the guy to Eclipse 60 Minutes. He will be in the final four. And it sounds like they're setting up a match with John Cena at the biggest show of the year, WrestleMania, in Los Angeles. After all the speculation about a John Cena stone-cold match, John Cena versus Logan Paul, seems like they're going to do what they wanted to do at SummerSlam, but John Cena didn't want to work WWE because of the ongoing investigation with Vince McMahon. Sounds like they're going to be doing something With Austin Theory and John Cena. Good. I have no problem with that whatsoever. That's exactly what John Cena should be used for. To put over talent. You want to beat somebody like John Cena? You're a made man. You're a made man. What else do you have to go and do? Seth Rollins. He was backstage. He's starting to look more and more like the old messiah. Seth Rollins with his blonde hair. He's going more blonde in the recent weeks. I like it. Corey Graves interviewed him remotely. They were on commentary. He was in the back. Graves asked how he was feeling. Seth talked about being mauled by Bobby Lashley and jumped from behind by Austin Theory last week. He says he's never felt better. Seth said he asked for the match against Lashley and Theory because he has bones to pick with both of them. He said Theory might be more dangerous than he's ever been, but he's still the stupidest person on earth. He says it's not because he tried to cash in on him because as an expert on cash-ins, it was very well-timed. He says he's stupid because of what he tried to do to him last week. He said he tried to beat him at his game and make a name off of his name. He said that never ends well for anybody. He told him to call Cody Rhodes up and ask how his rehab is going. You let me know what he says, says Seth. He said it will be a war because it features three men who don't like each other facing off, any of whom can snap at any second. He says he knows theory like the back of his hand because he used to be just like him. He said the question is, what will those guys do to prepare for him? He said he will still be the United States champion after Survivor Series. I thought this was a very good promo by Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is doing the best work of his entire uh singles career right now. He finally knows who he is and what he wants to be. He mentioned Cody Rhodes again, which makes me think that Cody, listen, Cody could win the Royal Rumble. I think Cody is my odds on favorite right now to win the men's Royal Rumble. Whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. There's only one man holding two championships. We don't have a WWE and Universal Champion individually. We have Roman Reigns holding both the WWE and the Universal Championship. I'd like to see Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes was dropped here by name, by Seth Rollins. It could be Cody imminently coming back. It could be Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania, which I don't really care to see again. But it could be that. The last guy that put Cody Rhodes out on that Monday following Hell in a Cell was Seth Rollins. I hope to God that Triple H is not bringing in Dwayne to win the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see anybody like that being given a Royal Rumble match because he doesn't need it. But we have to come up with a challenge for Roman Reigns. Does Dwayne win the Royal Rumble if he's going to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Is that even the match? Or are we going Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania? I hope we are. I hope we don't get Dwayne. And if we get Dwayne, do we need Roman and Dwayne? With all the rumor about Austin, why don't we do Austin and Rock again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to see that. I don't really care for that again either. Rock versus Lesnar? Mr. Hollywood going to be wrestling Brock Lesnar who could snap him in half? I don't know. I'd like to see Cody win the Royal Rumble and Cody get Roman. I still I still believe that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. There's multiple ways they could go about it. Maybe, maybe we get Cody and Roman. I don't know. Maybe we get Cody on night one against Roman, and Roman defends against The Rock on night two. I think Roman does d- double duty if that's the case. I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. No idea. They're in some fucking pickle. How they're going to get out of it, I don't know. Cody's going to need a big WrestleMania match. Seth Rollins for the United States title should be a great match if that's the case, but I don't want to see it for a fourth time. And I know most of you are in agreement with me on that. This was a very good promo. The match at Survivor Series with Theory, Rollins, and Lashley should be a banger. Triple threat match for the United States Championship. It's not war games, but it should end up still being a war. Theory was watching backstage on a monitor. He was watching this Seth Rollins sit-down interview. He said nobody understands him. He said he hit rock bottom, but now he's dangerous. He said he's not the kid Seth was. he's He's not in the ring with the kid Seth was before. I'm a man now, and I will be taken seriously. After Survivor Series, the entire business will know what time it is. He said the disrespect ends now. Anyone who steps up will be sent home. His opponents should pay close attention to what he's saying, and he's going to be the new United States champion. I love how serious Austin Theory is. I love how intense Austin Theory is. I love how very focused Austin Theory is. You know, this goes to show you, this is one of the things that I love about what Triple H is doing. Austin Theory was this geek taking selfies. He was this geek protege of Vince McMahon stealing the fucking golden egg. He didn't need any of that. He didn't need to be a protege, a lackey, a thief stealing eggs. He didn't need any of that. He didn't need to be taking selfies. All that shit made him, I don't want to say it made him into a fucking comedy character, but... It made him seem mid. It made him seem very unimportant, like everybody else. This portrayal of Austin Theory now is more focused. He's more, obviously wants to be the guy. He says the Money in the Bank briefcase was holding him down, and now he's got no fucking things holding him down. He's a free man to do what he wants now, and you're going to see a different guy. I love how focused and intense he is. He's gotten very cocky and very angry on the microphone. I love it. I I, I think this is is it for theory. He continues on this path. He's going to do wonderful things, and that's all we want. The future is now. Stop waiting. Give this guy the ball and let him run with it. He's already showing you that. He's a great promo. He's great in the ring. He's got the look. Tie up all those other loose ends. Get him to a point where the crowd takes him serious as a top contender, and we're off and running. Love it. Hour two. Speaking of Austin Theory, he went one-on-one with Mustafa Ali. Ali's ribs were still taped from the attack from Bobby Lashley. They were taped on Friday against Ricochet. He lost. They were taped here against Theory. He lost. This match went about five minutes. Ali hit a... Beautiful super kick as Theory tried his rolling drop kick through the ropes. And Theory took control until Ali hit a sunset flip power bomb, a 450 splash that looked beautiful. But Theory rolled to the apron before Ali could go for a cover. Theory knocked Ali off the apron. Ali collided with the barricade before Theory hit an A-town down for one, two, three. Ali got some offense. This was more of a showcase for Austin Theory to do exactly what I just said to you guys before. He was focused, he was intense, he was angry. This was more of a showcase for Austin Theory to show how angry he is against everybody. All those people that doubted him, all those people that held him down, right? This was him just using Mustafa Ali as an example and taking his anger out on Ali. So Theory was about to post-match attack Mustafa Ali After the match Bobby Lashley appeared on the big screen and he said he'll head to the ring right now so that they can give the fans in Albany a little preview of the Survivor Series So Lashley he gets to the ring he criticizes Theory for not getting the job done when he cashed in his money in the bank briefcase Theory said everybody knows he'd be champion now if it weren't for you, Bobby Lashley. He said Brock Lesnar kicked his ass and then Seth beat him. He said Lashley's the one who can't get the job done. Didn't you you lose to Brock Lesnar? You can't get the job done. What the fuck are you talking about me for? He said the kid Lashley knew before is dead and gone. He said he'll walk into Survivor Series And walk out a two-time United States champion. And there's not a damn thing either you or Seth Rollins can do about it. Lashley says he doesn't think Theory is going to walk out of Raw tonight. Never mind the United States champion. He got in the ring. He beat up Theory in the ring. And then they were brawling at ringside. He threw Theory into the ringside. Barricade Theory grabs a chair takes the chair, and Jeb Lashley in the midsection with the chair, then bashed him across the back with the chair. Lashley completely no sold this. Theory ran away. He ran into the crowd. He ran through the timekeeper's area, ran through the audience, and into the back, and into Gorilla. So backstage Theory runs into Gorilla, right? He sees Ali standing there, or sitting there, rather. He's licking his wounds, and he's hurt. His ribs are hurt, right? He's there licking his wounds from the match. He didn't make it too far after he just lost to Austin Theory. Theory finds Ali. Lashley is chasing him. Lashley gets backstage. Theory takes Ali and throws Ali into Bobby Lashley, giving him enough time to continue running away from Bobby Lashley. And Lashley does not go off and chase Theory anymore. I thought this was, I thought this was fine. I thought this was a nice sell for the match. My only problem is, and this is where WWE logic gaps just flood television on Monday night. We just got Austin Theory bragging to Bobby Lashley face-to-face that he's going to win the United States Championship. That this isn't the same kid that he was months ago that he beat up. He just got done saying all these big, bad, tough things to Bobby Lashley. Then they portray him as him running away from Bobby Lashley. So you make him out to be a solid fucking contender for the title, and then you want to turn him into a chicken shit heel who's going to run away at any confrontation whatsoever. So you want me to take him serious, and then he runs away. How are we supposed to take him serious if he's running away from Bobby Lashley? after they're saying all these big, bad, tough, mean things to Bobby Lashley. I don't get it. I don't don't get it. I thought we were on the path of building Austin Theory up as a brand new, refreshed, serious, aggressive, intense, confident character. Here they want to go back and redo all of Theory, but show him running away from Bobby Lashley. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So fucking inconsistent is WWE. So inconsistent. I don't get it. I don't get it. And this is how fans, this is how fans become indifferent to the characters that WWE is trying to throw out on television. Chad Gable and Otis. Tag team match against Elias and Matt Riddle. This went 14 minutes. I can't wait for Randy Orton to come back. This Matt Riddle is not doing it for me. I I don't know. Matt Riddle is somebody. This is why we need a fucking world title on Monday night. This is why we need a world title on Monday night. We need to start separating these guys from world title contenders and United States championship contenders. Matt Riddle is in absolutely nothing. He's in bottom of the barrel fucking garbage. On Monday Night Raw tag teaming with Elias. He's not entertaining. Nothing that Riddle has done has been entertaining or as entertaining as what he's done with Randy Orton and even Seth Rollins. He's teaming with somebody that is also ice fucking cold. Elias has been an absolute non-factor since returning. I take Elias over Ezekiel, but that doesn't mean Elias is good television. He's a joke. The character is a joke. Otis and Gable dominated against Matt Riddle right before commercial break. Riddle avoided a splash by Otis. Elias hot-tagged in. He rallied against Shad Gable. He landed a big neck breaker. Gable caught a charging Elias with a big boot. Otis tagged him in, dropped Elias. Gable landed a flying headbutt. Otis made the cover, but Riddle came back in and hit a broton on Otis. Otis tagged Gable back. Riddle springboard flipped onto both Otis and Gable. Riddle and Gable countered each other. Riddle then landed a knee, tagged in Elias, who gave Gable his corkscrew suplex. Riddle landed a floating bro off the top rope, and that was it for the win. Riddle and Elias win in 14 minutes. I don't care. First of all, Gable and Otis deserve better, number one. Number two, Riddle. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with him. This guy needs a complete redo. What are we doing? I still don't believe this man wrestled a fight pit match with Seth Rollins, and this is the best idea that they have for Matt Riddle coming out of that pay-per-view. I don't get it. I really, really, really don't understand it. He's downright cringe. He's been downright cringe on TV for the last several weeks. And I don't think anybody really is enjoying Matt Riddle. The vibe to me is different about Matt Riddle. That was a month and a half ago to what we see now. JBL and Baron Corbin, they were playing poker backstage. This seems to be their new thing. I would rather them stay back there and play poker than wrestle in the ring. He was insulting Albany, which I will always find entertaining. Fuck Albany. McIntyre walked in. JBL gave Drew a hard time about Scotland not making it into the World Cup. JBL then talked about war games and said, the head of the table will take it to him on Saturday night. Drew then challenged Corbin to a match. Corbin stood up and accepted. Drew looked down at JBL and said he respects his elders, but not Corbin. He punched Corbin, who fell onto JBL. JBL asked, what the hell was that? So Drew McIntyre was brought to Monday night To wrestle Baron Corbin. Now, this match went 17 minutes. This match went 17 minutes. This was the longest match on the entire fucking program. They're really trying to sell me on Baron Corbin being a modern day wrestling god. (laughs) oh man that's some funny shit man that really is some funny shit baron corbin when baron corbin comes out listen listen the match itself was fine i can't hate on anything drew mcintyre does drew mcintyre is as fucking consistent and solid as anybody in the fucking business okay baron corbin is not bad He's not a bad wrestler. Is he somebody that should be labeled as a wrestling god? No. And I know why they do it. It gets heel heat because it's untrue. I get it. But Baron Corbin is one of those guys where he is right now. This character with JBL, where he sits with JBL. He is one of the most disinteresting fucking guys on the entire roster. He actively makes the show worse. He is fucking boring. There's nothing about him that has any redeeming qualities at all. I will not be reviewing this match. I will give you guys a clip as to why I just can't stand anything Baron Corbin. What I'm about to show you is everything you need to know. About Baron Corbin, JBL, and their inclusion on Monday night, every single Monday on the USA network.
1: I sing I don't even know.
0: Corbin and Drew McIntyre from this episode of Monday Night Raw. Why do I even try? There you go. Moving on. Kathy Kelly interviewed the OC who said he's going to give Balor a phenomenal beating at Survivor Series. Balor then showed up because he was just merely standing in the fucking corner. Kathy Kelly ran away. Balor said he's the devil and when you dance with the devil, you never dance again. The rest of the Judgment Day showed up and a big brawl broke out with everybody. They ended up in the parking lot. Priest rammed the car door. or There was a car sitting out there, a rental car, slammed the car door against Gallows. Security showed up and separated all of the OC and Judgment Day. Now, in this segment, Apparently, Mia Yim has had a name change, and her name now in WWE is Meachin. But Corey Graves continued to call her Mia Yim, Meachin, on the show tonight. Now, I don't know what her real name is. Is it going to be Mia Yim, or is it going to be Meachin? I think Meachin as a name sucks. I think Meachin as a nickname or code name within the OC is great. But why are we changing names? I don't get it. Why are we changing Mia Yim? You brought Mia Yim in, and Mia Yim should still be Mia Yim. What happens when Chelsea Green comes back? Is Chelsea Green going to be something else? Or is she going to be Chelsea Green? Michin. I think the name sucks. As a nickname, it's fine. It means crazy in Korean. You gotta be fucking crazy if you think this show was good tonight. Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, they all made their entrance. Belair said that she's happy to go to war with her friends. She said Asuka is going to go to battle to earn an advantage tonight. Bliss said she's ready to get that payback against everyone in damage control and throw Nikki Cross into the trash where she belongs. Alexi, you stealing my content, huh? He's stealing my content. Alexa Bliss is stealing my content. I can't even do the Nikki trash thing anymore, bro. I can't do it anymore because Nikki is not trash anymore. Alexa's stealing my content. I may have to throw uh, some cease and desists out there. Oscar said nobody is ready for them, but they're ready for war. Bella just said just wait and see who our fifth member is. She said Bailey and her crew have made a lot of enemies. So a lot of people have asked to team with them. She said they'll reveal their partner on Friday night, SmackDown. I don't know why we are waiting to announce the fifth member when this show absolutely needed a fucking shot of adrenaline, a shot in the arm, shot of something, a shot of vodka, shot of tequila, shot of whiskey, shot of uh, fireball, whatever the fuck you want to take a shot of this show needed. it. Why are we waiting to Friday night SmackDown? It could be Becky Lynch. It could be Sasha Banks. If it's Becky Lynch, why are we waiting to Friday for SmackDown when Becky Lynch is raw? All of these women are raw. Why are we waiting till SmackDown? Are we waiting to SmackDown because it's Sasha Banks? And if it's not anybody, right, of note, they better announce something before Saturday. They gave us a cock tease here tonight. They can't give us another cock tease on Friday. Yeah, we'll announce it on Saturday. No, you can't do that. It's got to be Friday now. Now you've basically put yourselves against the wall. We need Friday to be the announcement. But again, I don't know why if it's Becky, why are we waiting to Friday when she's raw? But maybe this is a red herring. Maybe this is a way to throw the scent off who it really is. Yeah, it's going to be Becky Lynch in the report, in the dirt sheets, but it ends up being Sasha Banks. And I also feel like Asuka or not Oscar. Alexa is going to switch sides, or she's gonna turn heel. She's gonna join the heel team, or she's gonna go heel. I don't know. I just feel like Bliss is going to kind of go into business for herself. I just it just it just feels that way. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Rhea Ripley's music hit, she was joined by Bailey, E.O. Sky, Dakota Kai, and Nikki Cross. Bailey expressed skepticism that they are going to be able to find a partner. She told Belair, even her teammates are just with her to wait for their moment to take the belt from her. Asuka told her to shut up. Asuka told Ripley, let's do this right now. Ripley entered the ring and said, mommy is going to eradicate her just like I did at WrestleMania. So we got Asuka and Rhea Ripley in a War Games Advantage match. This was the main event of the show, and this was not bad at all. I actually enjoyed this match more than their WrestleMania match, if I'm being quite honest with you. I thought their WrestleMania match sucked. Asuka, she nailed Rhea Ripley in the head with a running hip attack, and then Ripley stalled before getting back in the ring. Ripley yanked Asuka down by her hair and started going away at her with clubbing forearms to the back of the head. They traded submissions until Ripley slammed Oscar face first against the mat. So they're going at each other, smacking each other in the face before Ripley drop kicked Oscar off the top to the outside. We got a commercial break. Oscar dodged, they charge, and Ripley went shoulder first into the ring post. Oscar fought back with some offense, usual offense: kicks, back fists, a code breaker, a German suplex. Ripley applied a prism trap. This is her standing clover leaf. But Oscar slipped out of it. Rhea Ripley went to the top, but Oscar yanked her down, hit a sliding knee strike for two. Rhea Ripley came back with a headbutt on Northern Lights suplex. She goes for a cover off that, gets a two count. Oscar then countered a riptide attempt, but Rhea Ripley countered into a submission. Damage control and cross appeared at ringside completely out of thin air, so Bliss and Belair marched down to ringside. Ripley was, I guess, kind of distracted here, so Oscar applied an armbar. Ripley countered into a cover for a two. They traded counters back and forth, and Ripley hit Riptide for the clean win. And Rhea Ripley gives damage control the advantage, the one-woman advantage, going into war games. After the match was over, the team's brawled. Mia Yim Meechin, who was taken out earlier in a brawl with the OC and Judgment Day, Eventually joined to go after Rhea Ripley because she was the equalizer. Asuka flew off the top rope and wiped everyone out, including her own teammates with a big dive. And the announcers ran down Survivor Series going over the entire card for Saturday's pay-per-view as Monday Night Raw came to a close on Monday night. I enjoyed the fact that Rhea Ripley won clean. I love the fact that Rhea Ripley won clean against Asuka because A match like that deserves a clean finish. It gives them a dominant advantage going into war games. Outside that, this was a very good match. The open was decent, right? They did very good as far as the build for the open of the show was for the for the men's war games match. Everything else in between was basically blah. Austin Theory was another standout. Seth Rollins promo was a standout. I I just can't get over the fact that this show is just. The talent is there. I just can't get over the fact that the show has no intensity, has no focus, it has no sense of urgency. I need the Raw back on Monday. Monday Night Raw is operating at the safest vibe that they possibly could go. And we need to kick up the pace a little bit. We need to start doing things outside the box, fresh ideas, concepts. We need a world fucking title back on their show. This show will never be the same until the WWE title is back on Monday night. It will never truly feel like a a flagship show without a world title. Anyway, guys, that is all I got for you. If you enjoyed the show tonight, I would appreciate you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 825 likes. I need 175 more. For 1000 That's the minimum. So hit the thumbs up. Remember, follow me on social media. I'll be busy all week, man. Social media is the place to be. I'll be live tweeting during all the shows, including Survivor Series on Saturday night with War Games, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel, including Saturday's Full Gear post show and Sunday's live episode 453 of Off The Script. Today sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. Thanks to Honey, guys. Searching for coupon codes manually is now a thing of the past. And listen, man. Shopping season is about to kick it into the next gear. After Thanksgiving, man, it is all going to be about the savings. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. It supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech, gaming products, popular fashion brands, and even food delivery. How do you think Jesse gets those fine ingredients for those two-star tacos? Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite online sites. You check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You're going to wait a few seconds. Honey searches the internet for codes that it finds for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you're going to watch the prices drop. Now, I always talk about my fur babies, man, Bailey, Bacardi. I always get them what they need, food, litter, toys, water bowls, you name it, cat beds, cat trees. Bacardi's water bowl just broke. She likes this this 60, 60, I guess, ounce water bowl. It's got a little water spout. She likes to sip the water from the spout. It broke. Had to go get a new one. What do you think I did? Shopped online, used honey, coupon code, boom. Apply it, saving some money i do that with everything man tech how do you think i keep the the content on the channel looking crisp and the best in the community honey everything i buy for this channel everything i buy for the venue honey if you don't have honey you're straight up missing out honey has found over 17 million members over two billion dollars in savings it's free it installs in seconds and by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and you're supporting off the script. I would never recommend anything you guys couldn't find value in. Get Honey for free, joinhoney.com. That's joinhoney.com slash off the script. And I want to thank them once again for supporting the podcast right here on OTS. Also, guys, also, you got to go and get yourself this new limited time release lucharrillas.com you now have two weeks to go get it man one week is gone already it bypassed us quickly new exclusive, exclusive limited time merchandise Lucharillas.com. I even link you guys to the actual web page in the comment section in the live stream chat go and get yours today Lucharillas.com. two weeks left and then it is gone Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. I want to start off at the top here. Not today, Jay, with a 9.99 Super Chat. People still believe Vince is running the shows like they do not realize. If Vince was still in charge, we wouldn't be seeing Mia Yim, Dexter Loomis, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Carrying Cross, and Elias. Uh, not today, Jay. We wouldn't even be getting War Games. Which you said in your next Super Chat with a 4.99. And yes, we wouldn't be getting War Games. Vince is gone. But there is still Vince isms on the show. There are still Vince-like segments on the show, and I think that is because of Bruce pressure. Vince is Vince is gone. Bruce has got to go. Bruce has got to go. Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat times two, Was Triple H channeling his inner Vince with this Raw. The MVP of Raw, Seth only, gets five minutes tonight. Lame. Not today, Jay with a 499 super chat. Alexa can't be stealing your joke, JD. Yes, she said Nikki trash. Or insinuated to Nikki being trash. Yes. Alexa is stealing my content. I can't have that happen. Tony Brown with a 199 super chat. He says, the booty was out. Oh, there was a lot of booty meat on this show. There was a lot of booty meat on this show, bro. I want to shout out my members. Shout out to Siren, Wild Stallions, Raheem Drummonds, Cindy Ennett, Brandon Lamar, and Chris Douglas Music. Thank you for all your recommitments and first-time commitments to the VIP club. Sidro becomes a member for three months. Hey, man, I haven't been able to catch your live streams as much. Got a new job working. Domino's Delivery. Much love, my tribal chief. Can't wait for Survivor Series. Sidro, you go get that money, bro. No matter what you're doing, man, I'm always going to be here. Tina Palacios with a $10 super chat. Come back to Cod Ghosts, daddy. No, thank you, Tina. I don't want you or you blueberry muffins. Get them out. Jack sell 23 with a $5 super chat. I love the new Austin Theory. I think he's great. I was a big Austin Theory guy before this. I'm an even bigger fan of Austin Theory now. Chris Leon with a five-month. Commitment to the VIP club. Cheers, man. Five months and counting. Ready for war on Saturday. As am I, brother. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, J.D. Also, whoever booked Omas to beat Gargano, get him out! You know the deal, brother. You know the deal, man. And Thanksgiving is Thursday, guys. I will uh, see you guys a couple of times before Thanksgiving, so don't worry about that. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Are you going to review Rampage and SmackDown this Friday since Rampage is at 4 p.m.? Why is Rampage at 4 p.m.? Bro, I'm not watching pro wrestling at 4 p.m. No. The show was happening at 4 p.m. That means Tony Khan even put less effort into the show. Bro, I'm gonna need you guys to hit the thumbs up, man. We only got 700. We actually went down a like. Why? Do, why? Why? Why is it so difficult? For people to hit the thumbs up uh, Do I not deserve a thumb? I come on here on a Monday night During a shitty fucking show To entertain you guys The best way that I can With the best fucking graphics In the entire community The best sound in the entire community The best analysis in the community And I don't get fucking likes I'm gonna throw my fucking headset down And walk the fuck out Just end the stream Jaxo with a $5 super chat what about Larae? I thought she was going to be on Bianca's team since I haven't seen her on TV. I have no fucking clue, Joseph. I don't know where the fuck—oh, Jackson. Sorry. I don't know where the fuck Candace LeRae is, bro. Furious Nation with a 199. What's up, J.D. Glad to represent OTS on Raw tonight. Bro, I didn't see no OTS sign, man. I, I, I did not see it. I was looking for it, but I did not see it. But I saw your tweet, bro, and I liked your tweet, and I appreciate the effort, man. Appreciate the effort, bro. Chris Douglas Music. Thank you again, brother. What are you drinking tonight to celebrate your new membership? Cody Snyder with a seven-month recommitment to the VIP club. Cody, what are you drinking tonight to celebrate, man? Alcora Strangely. Nine ninety nine JD, will you wish my brother a happy birthday? He's 12 now. His name is RJ. Also, will you explain to him the importance of watching Impact Wrestling? RJ, you're 12 years old, bro. I got to keep the uh, language to a minimum. Happy birthday, RJ. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for being a fan of the show. Hopefully, you're a fan of the show. Hopefully, you enjoy my show and what I do and the importance of watching Impact Wrestling. (laughs) Oh man, RJ thinks it's important to watch Impact. (laughs) Nobody watches Impact, RJ. Nobody. I can tell you the importance of not watching Impact basically anything else in life can get done and should be done and is more enjoyable go hop on Fortnite, bro stop watching impact impact (laughs) oh man rj you're a fucking comedian bro you're a fucking comedian man give me a fucking break okay Nick Williams with a five-hour super chat. I wish WWE would do Roman vs Owens for the WWE title and Roman versus Sheamus for the Universal title. Nobody's beating Roman before WrestleMania, uh, Nick. Nobody. Jamarcus Shaw with a 499. Thanks to you. I finally got to check out some good old hog wrestling. Amazing stuff. Y'all keep doing great things over there. Cheers, Cheers to you, my brother. Thank you so much, Jamarcus. We just booked Nick Aldis for the show on December 17th. Nick Aldis is making his hog debut. Riddick's Classic Arcade 25 month membership. Riddick has now achieved Golden Mike status. Thank you, Riddick's Classic Arcade, man. Awesome, awesome stuff. Happy to have you here in the OTS venue, bro. They are advertising Gargano and Owens as a tag team here in Pittsburgh in December. Hope it's just a one-off unless it advances the Sami Zayn story. Probably just a one-off, bro. Probably just a uh, house show advertisement. Basic with a four ninety nine. Austin Theory running away. Looks like he is, or he has, Guntheritis. Oh, is that what we're calling it now? Guntheritis. I like that. I, I may steal that. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat times two. This was like Full Gear's go-home show. I think either both Becky or Liv will be announced on Friday, and Sasha appears at Survivor Series. Something will happen with Alexa. They changed Mia Yim's name on the WWE website to Meechin. LOL. I guess they didn't want to pay for the trademark. Well, that uh, that name is not going to cut it for me, man. Even though we'll probably get over it in about six months, it's right now it just sucks. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. I have not watched Impact in seven years since Destination America canceled. Keep it that way, brother. Keep it that way, Joseph. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. Thank you so much, man. absolutely agree regarding kevin patrick man the guy sucks bro get him out i gave him a chance and he's just not good replacing him with cole with smackdown having moro and wade barrett mcafee would not be a bad idea at all no now kevin patrick's got to go man he's bringing mundane Night raw down to just obscene levels of terrible Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you, man. This was a very lackluster show tonight. Very lackluster show tonight, man. I worked out today for a couple of hours. My neck is killing me. I hired a personal trainer. Trying to get in shape. I want to feel good about myself. I'm fucking sore as shit right now, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. You may see me tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I may may go live with uh, an OTS tomorrow. I don't know. It depends on how I feel. It truly depends on how I feel. But uh, if you don't see me tomorrow, I will be back on Wednesday with Jesse. We got a big, big dynamite. Big dynamite. It's going to be great. MJF is the new world champion. Him and Regal are now in cahoots. We got a best of seven series with the Death Triangle and the Elite. Should be good, man. So you may see me tomorrow, man. Depends on what's going on. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. Keep up to date on everything OTS. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We need 50 likes for 1,000. Thank you, guys, for all the support via the like button. Appreciate you guys. Thank you to Super Chats. Thank you for the recommitments to the VIP club. Thank you to the new commitments to the VIP club. I appreciate you guys. And go check out all the other videos you might have missed on the channel, man. I'm getting out of here to take a hot shower. Rest. Attack the day tomorrow. I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those rock-on emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that fucking music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow, if not Wednesday, live right here from the venue for AEW Dynamite. On off the script. I'll see you guys later.